Red Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Bastards of Boston covering some Red Sox spring training tonight. Things kind of rolling now. We still haven't seen guys like Ottavino and Brazier in there yet, but they should be making their debuts this week. We do have plenty to discuss from a pitching standpoint, as well as some uh, MLB-wide stuff, uh, just a little bit of MLB-wide stuff. Joining me for this episode, Charlie Smith, Jason Kelly. How are you guys? Doing pretty well. Doing well, Doing well man. Yeah. Just about, what, three weeks out, roughly, from spring training? Three weeks from Thursday? Can't, can't wait, I'm, man. I'm I'm ready for spring training to be over already. I know it just started, but I I personally can't stand spring training. It, it's such a slog <laughs> at times. Like, can we just get to the regular season, please? I want these games to matter. I feel the same exact way, and you don't have to listen to some of your favorite commentators, uh, Lenny DiNardo and whoever, whoever else they put in there. The other day, was it today or no, it was yesterday that it was Tom Karen and Lenny DiNardo. Oh, my God. I couldn't hit the mute button fast enough. Like, I literally, <laughs> I, I've never moved faster in my life to hit a mute button than when it was, good evening and welcome to Red Sox baseball. I'm Tom Karen. You. so bad we have terrible broadcasters as far as the Red Sox go I'm a huge critic of Dave O'Brien I think Tom Karen is worse but um but yeah and Karen's fine in the in the studio I don't mind that but in the booth it he'll put you to sleep and yeah I was entertained though very briefly it was O'Brien and Remy, and they were talking about how much bling was around Acuna's neck, and they were trying to put an actual price on it. And Remy's like, uh, I think it's it's probably about 50 grand is what it looks like to me. And O'Brien's like, oh, I think it's about 100. And for just a brief moment, I, I actually was entertained. And then it just, you know, it, went back in the It's hilarious, toilet. dude. The, the more, you know what's funny is, we could talk all we want about who had what kind of bling and all that crazy stuff. Do you guys remember the stuff that David and Manny used to wear? Well, they, I mean, they look like a pawn shop. <laughs> they were wearing so much on their neck and they still, they still could move, you know, like I'm sure they'd be, you know, tick faster if they didn't have it, but that's just, it's, it's like uh not street cred. It's like um subtle flex. Like, yeah, I make millions, bro. I wear it on my neck. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> that, they haven't gotten hurt on like a nasty slide or whatever, a head first slide, <laughs> get something caught or I don't know. Seriously. They did mention uh, David Ortiz and, you know, how much he used to wear around his neck, but he did, man. But anyway, yeah. hope hopefully we get somebody better because, you know, with Orsillo in there, it would be highly entertaining and we'd be hearing about stupid stories that happened this morning, you know, on the way to the ballpark or whatever. And uh, I miss that. But I guess let's get into the elephant in the room. Garrett Richards made another start today. Probably was worse than his first start. He lasted two innings. He was slated to go at least three, but 
got knocked around a little bit. The pitch count got pretty high. He gave up four earned runs, walked four, which is the most concerning part of it to me, struck out two. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on how this experiment is going so far? Yeah, it's not off to a great start. Um, And, you know, spring training's tough because I don't want to knock someone too much for bad spring training stats because we've seen guys come out and have awful spring trainings and then they figure it out and in the regular season they're fine. And we've seen other guys that come into spring training and they light it up. Jackie Bradley, who, you know, we all know how much I love Jackie Bradley Jr., he was a spring training darling because he came in one year and tore the house apart in spring training. And he looked like he looked like the next great hitter to come through the Red Sox organization. And we all know how that turned out. Um, so it's tough. Richards today, I really wanted him to bounce back in a strong way. I wanted to see a strong performance from him. And the first inning, sure, the defense didn't help him out a ton. Okay, it was a little bit of a sloppy first inning to begin with overall. But then in the second inning, it's like he couldn't locate his fastball, which for a starting pitcher, that's like number one. You've got to locate your fastball. That's that's like pitching one-on-one. And he just couldn't locate it. And then when he did, he was throwing it right down the middle. And guys were tagging him. I mean, the ball was getting hit hard when he was leaving it out over the plate. And I don't know if it's just the way that he pitches or if he's always been this way or if it's just because he's coming back from the injury. But it feels like every pitch, he's he's exerting so much energy. And he's like really throwing his whole body into it. And it just the mechanics just don't look great at the moment. And again, maybe that's just always the way he's been. Maybe he's just always one of these guys that he doesn't have the smoothest delivery. Not everyone does. There's a lot of guys throughout history that haven't had the smoothest of pitching deliveries and they've made a career out of it. But this is Garrett Richards, who I think is just now 30 years old and has had a ton of injuries, has you know only had like one full season in his career. He's had a lot of arm problems, a lot of shoulder problems. And I look at his delivery and I go, well, that makes sense. You're throwing your whole body into every pitch. Like, that's not sustainable. So I worry a little bit about his mechanics. I worry about how his location is going to be because it seems like when he can't locate his pitches, he just tries to rely on that fastball and just throws it right down the middle and he gets tagged. And then he gets frustrated and it just kind of all spirals from there. And you know, it's not it's not without mentioning that this is a guy that you're paying $10 million to. This is not, you know, Hunter Renfro who's making $3 million, right? It, he's not a cheap guy. You're paying $10 million to this guy. And I get it. Like, starting pitchers come at a premium cost. Absolutely. But $10 million is $10 million. And, you know, Jake Odorizzi, we'll talk about him later. He just signed today for a little bit more than that. You're looking at a guy in Garrett Richards who's going to make $10 million. And if he can't locate his pitches... And he looks like he did today. He's going to be a non-factor in your rotation, and that's that's worst case scenario. And this is a guy that I was in favor of the signing. I you know I still am. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to overreact to two spring training starts, but towards the end of this month, I want to see Garrett Richards put together some good quality starts or at least some good quality innings before we head into the regular season. Because otherwise, I'm going to you know. My finger's going to be hovering over the panic button pretty soon on Richards. 
he uh, actually turns 33 in May, believe it or not. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly. there you go. Right. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that that's kind of where I was going. Um, yeah. Garrett Richards is doing his best Matt Hall impression, and <laughs> yeah. it's not good to be doing it this early in the season. I, I'm not going to hit the panic button because I'm not shocked. Like I've been, you this year's. <clears throat> This year's 2021 Boston Red Sox donation of $10 million goes to starting pitcher Garrett Richards, who's trying to be a starting pitcher. And like you already mentioned, Jason, he just he doesn't seem comfortable. He hasn't been healthy since 2015. He hasn't pitched a full season since 2015. Count the years since it's been, I don't know, relevant. Um, He got shelled again. The only good thing that happened, he struck out Acuna. Great job. Acuna is not doing anything this spring training. He's not worried about it either. You know, um, to say to say nervous. No, because I, I knew this wasn't going to this wasn't going to be anything like no. No one went into this thinking, oh, yeah, get Richards. Great signing. No, no. I I don't know what signing was worse. This one for 10 million or Odorizzi for two years and 30. I think that was an overpay. I didn't think he was going to make more than 12. Um, but truth be told, had he made less than 12, I was going to be pretty upset that the Red Sox decided to go Garrett Richards way instead of Odorizzi. I'm not for either one, but if I had to choose between someone that can pitch and stay healthy, as opposed to a guy who's just kind of like a glorified reliever, as far as like innings go, not starts, but innings. I mean, over under this guy makes 16, 17 starts this year, 16 and a half starts over under, I say under. Way under, I think. Yes. It's, it's not even. It's not even gonna be close. It would look you like know, under right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a two. It's a two-year deal because he got ten million this year. There's a team option, I think, for another ten million. That's not happening. That's just a. That's going right back to the bank. We're not. We're not paying him for that. But usually, you want to progress. You know, as spring training kind of gets going, you you do a little bit better. You're doing worse. You did twice as much damage. In fact, you've done. Four innings of work allowed six earned runs. You've walked six. You've struck out three. How many more starts does he need in spring training before we go, uh, damn, we missed again? It's it's just, you know, I will continue to be patient, but I'm not going to be quiet. I won't be. <laughs> For me to be comfortable with a guy like Garrett Richards, he would have had to have pitched a full season with semi-decent results, even if his ERA was around four, but had the innings behind it. I, I might have been like, okay, yeah, is $10 million a lot? No, it's, it's a one-year deal. But this, I think, has the potential to look like the Justin Masterson deal in 2015. When we signed him, we were hoping for the best. He looked like, uh, you know, a, a reclamation candidate. And, and then he fizzled out and he was DFA'd uh, right around Memorial Day weekend. So that's the worst case with, with Richards. And I I hated the signing, especially when it came after the Martin Perez signing, which I thought was underwhelming. <laughs> so we got two underwhelming guys. Um, but, you know, like Jason says, I'm not going to kill it right now. I mean, the season hasn't started. Hopefully he can turn it around. There's still plenty of time to. 
let me let me throw this idea out there. What if he just pitches out of the bullpen? I mean, is that a way to salvage it? I mean, ten million at the, at that point is a big time overpay. But I mean, yeah. The issue that I have with that is how many guys have they already labeled as bullpen slash swingmen, right? Yeah. You've already got Andres, who they paid just to be, you know, maybe spot start, long relief, whatever. This Garrett Whitlock, who I'm actually a fan of. I'm high on Garrett Whitlock. I think that he's he was a steal in the Rule 5, but they've already talked about, yeah, he's just going to be out of the bullpen. He's going to be a swingman, spot starter here and there. So – if you label Richards as that, now you've got three guys out of your 25-man roster that are just swingmen or that are mm-hmm. coming out of the bullpen or spot starting or whatever. And it's really hard to be – it's really hard to sustain success that way. And, you know, I get Tampa Bay Rays model, right? Everyone will say that. Say, oh, well, the Rays were successful. They had, you know, four or five swingmen per roster, and they made the World Series. Yeah, but they didn't win it. You know, and and I know that that shouldn't be the goal for the Red Sox this year because the goal ultimately after last year should just be be competitive, make the playoffs, show us that you've got a future in the next five to ten years. But having just a bunch of swing guys that can spot start or pitch two or three good innings at a time, at that point, you're asking your manager to play chess every single day as opposed to just, hey, I'm going to give this guy the ball and I know he can give me six innings of quality baseball and my offense can pick him up and, you know, back him up with runs. Like, I I think there's still a place for that old model. That's what the Yankees are going to do this year. The Yankees didn't go out and sign a bunch of swing men. They're going to do it the traditional way, and they're probably going to win the division. Now, whether or not they go on to win the World Series, who knows? I mean, it's the Yankees. They'll probably choke like they always do, but at least they'll probably get close. Like, I don't know. If Richards get gets labeled as that, if he gets sent to the bullpen, that's a fail. I'm sorry. That's a fail on Bloom's part because Bloom signed him to be a starter. Bloom did not sign him and say, well, we don't know what Richards will be yet. We'll see. He might end up in the bullpen. No, Bloom signed him with the intent of him being in the starting rotation. So if his spring is so bad that Cora and Bloom and, and the rest of them decide, you know what, this guy's going to go to the bullpen, that's a fail on their part. They misidentified him or they overestimated how good he would be and that's a fail so i hope he's in the rotation but at the end of the day i also don't want a guy in the rotation who's going to be rick porcello who's going to have an era over six and be a complete waste so there are too many there are too many pieces like you said absolutely and some of them don't have options whitlock has to stay up and, and he, his performance will probably justify that anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, unless somebody else just flames out, it's hard to make room. But, Charlie, is there any other alternative path that you could think of for a guy like Richards? The the issue with with all of that and then potentially putting him into, like, a hybrid starting long relief role is – you had a bunch of people doing that for next to nothing last year. You'd be paying $10 million for someone who's just there. Maybe starts, maybe comes in after the game's been blown. Cause I'm sure there's going to be plenty of those this season. Um, who knows? I, I don't, I'm not going to see him cl- 
close a game out. Dear God, I hope not. Um, because that's the L. It, it's this year's Matt Hall. I mean, until he proves me otherwise, I, you know, I am going to see him come in and it's going to be, all right, cool. So tune in tomorrow. It's just going to be how it is. Like, I, I, until I have a reason to believe, I don't believe in him. I don't. And I've been pretty adamant about it. I, I've been from day one, everybody knew which starter I want. I've been so loud about it. Everyone knows about it, whether you're a Red Sox fan, you're a Yankees fan, you're a fan of any of the other teams in baseball. I wanted one starter. I didn't get that starter. I was left with this. This is like the, oh, we are going to get you a PS4, but you'll have to settle for a PlayStation 2. Games are a little older. Things are slow. Graphics aren't that great. But hey, it's still a PS2. You know, I just, I don't know. I don't want to sound too pessimistic because I already feel like I'm doing it right now. I just, I, I wasn't for Richards to begin with. I thought it was a silly signing. Now I'm going to be somewhat respectful there. It was it was a little silly. The Red Sox, if you take Richards out of the rotation, you, you can still roll with Erod Evoldi. I think Perez at that point becomes your number three. Then you have Nick Pavetta, and you can throw Tanner Houck in there. Houck did get knocked around a little bit. Um in his first outing, I'm, I'm a little less concerned about that for now. But so you got those five, you got Matt Andres. There's still depth to hopefully be competitive. And I feel great about the bullpen. I still feel great about the bullpen. I feel okay about the bullpen. I don't, I don't know if I'd say I feel great. Um, but it, the bullpen should be fine. I, I, I always I looked at the bullpen this year as it's going to be the thing we don't talk about, which is in a way okay. You know, like you don't want a bullpen that's being talked about all the time because that means that they suck and that they're coming in and blowing games and they're being awful. Um, at the same time, it's not going to be a bullpen that's going to be lauded around the league. People are not going to say, "Oh boy, Boston's bullpen." You know, if they get into the playoffs, look out! It's gonna it's gonna carry them through. Through I don't. Mm. I don't know that, especially since uh, who the hell is going to close? Because I'll tell you this: if it's Matt Barnes, if it's <laughs> Matty Bonds, Matty Backpacks, uh, I'm not. I'm not feeling good about that. I, I don't want to see Matt Barnes try and close a game. Um, we've we've been there before. He can't do it. The guy's what 32, 33. He's been in the Red Sox system for how long? And they've never once said, you know what? We don't need to go out and trade for Craig Kimbrell. Or, you know, we don't need to go out and get Koji Uehara. We, we got Matt Barnes. We're okay. We're okay for the ninth inning. Like, they've never once said that because they know deep down he can't do it. So the bullpen overall, I think, is okay. The back end in a close game scares me a little bit. Who the hell is going to get those three outs? Like, three to two in Yankee Stadium against the, against the Yankees. Who do you want closing that game? For now, I it's Ottavino for me, but... Um, I'm hoping it ends up being Hernandez. Right. Log- logically, yeah. The, the 23-year-old left-hander who can throw hard, sure. Yeah, I hope so too. But Hernandez has shown control problems. He's, you know, he was a guy who was a starter when he was drafted or when he was signed. I don't know if he was an international free, free, free signing or not, he but was. he was a starter to begin with. He didn't last. Um, they turned him into a reliever. He had some up and down years. They brought him up early because of injuries. 
he looked pretty good. He showed flashes of promise, but I don't know. I I would love for Darwinson Hernandez to become a good left-handed hard-throwing closer, but that's a lot to ask for a guy who's had a very spotty minor league career so far. Well, look look at it this way though. This is this is the first year he's going to have the opportunity to have a, a normal spring training and then begin a season as a reliever. He he might have last year, but I think the COVID thing kind of, you know, messed up the, the rhythm. And then the season before that, 2019, he was still projected to be a starter and had that insane walk rate in double A. So I, I'm just kind of being hopeful there, but, um, I think it's Oda Rizzi to start. But as much as I say that, Barnes did look good today in one inning of work, got two strikeouts, so that's just going to feed the propaganda. And I think, unfortunately, Cora does have a soft spot for him. So, um, But collectively, I mean, I think Barnes is a quality reliever in a situational role, I think. Um I still expect Brazier to be somewhat solid. We like what we've seen uh, from Whitlock. He did give up the game-losing run today to Pablo Sandoval <laughs> on a solo. <laughs> but but in two innings of work, oh. he had three strikeouts today. So um, not gonna not gonna get too upset about that. Um, and and you, you've got some other guys that will will probably end up being very serviceable. So. I think the bullpen is is probably, I don't know, probably not as big of a concern right now uh, as the rotation. Uh, and Charlie, uh, you you didn't specify on the pitcher you wanted. Um, if anyone's new that's listening, that was Corey Kluber, who the Yankees that is the correct. Yankees are paying that is one Corey Kluber. The Yankees are paying $1 million more for Kluber than we are for Richards. So I'm still a little bit of a pessimist on on Kluber pitching a full season, but he was lights out in his uh, last appearance. So I could very well be wrong about that. (laughs) Yeah. So um, the other news of the last 48 hours, Jake Odorizzi is finally off the board. He has signed a two-year, $30 million deal with the Astros with a player option for a third year. Now, this isn't finalized yet. It's all, you know, they're probably dealing with physicals and, and all that right now. But interestingly, the move came almost immediately after uh, Framber Valdez, who was looking to be one of their top of the rotation pitchers this year, down with Tommy John. And this is what I like to call Tommy John season. You know, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of pitchers, unfortunately, go down with that. We, we saw it last season with Chris Sale. Um, but so the. The corresponding move to that was to quickly sign a guy like Odorizzi. That's a guy I wanted because he does eat innings. He's a middle-of-the-rotation guy who I think will would have given a, a rotation like this a lot of stability. $5 million a year more than what we're giving Richards. That's kind of That's a fairly significant amount considering we only had maybe... 40 million to, to spend, but, um, 
Uh, Jason, thoughts on the Odorizzi signing? Not sure if we lost Jason or not. Jason, can you hear us? Oh, buddy? sorry. Yeah, I'm here. I cut out for a second. Sorry. You're good, bro. Thoughts on uh, <clears throat> okay. the Odorizzi? Um, yeah, so Odorizzi, it was that's kind of a round where I expected him to sign. Um, 15 million, I think, is is right around where I was projecting him to go. Um, I'm not exactly upset that the Red Sox didn't go out and get him because to me, they looked at it and they said, well, we can have Odorizzi for 15 or we can spend our money more efficiently, go and get some more utility guys around the offense and spend less on pitching, but try and capitalize on more value. Now, again, as we just talked about with Garrett Richards, if that doesn't work out, they're going to look like idiots because people are going to say, why did you spend 10 million on Garrett Richards who is out of your rotation or isn't healthy or whatever, when you could have just had Jake for 5 million more who may go and have a, a great season in, in Houston. You know, he may do really well. Um, but he also, he didn't perform that well. He was, he was not healthy last year. Um, you know, 2019 is, his numbers were good, but you know, he's, he's never been a, a frontline guy. He's always been a number three or a number four guy. I think he'll definitely help Houston. They need the depth there in the rotation. So it made sense for them to go and get him, but I'm not, I'm not worried about this. I'm, I'm not kicking myself. I'm not mad at the Red Sox for not going and getting him. Did I want Jake Odorizzi? Yes, I did. I, I was banging the drum for Jake Odorizzi for a long time. But I said, if Jake Odorizzi is going to come at 14 or less, you should go get him. He ended up going for 14 or more. He went for 15. So, you know, we're splitting hairs there. It's not it's a difference of a couple million dollars. But I'm still not really all that upset with the way the Red Sox spent their money. This offseason, I think they did it efficiently. They, you know, really buffed up the roster as much as they could. Um, and Jake Odorizzi is a good pitcher, but I do not think that he is a huge difference maker, especially on a team like the Red Sox. Like, would he add a couple wins here and there? Yeah, maybe. But at the end of the day, whether it's Jake Odorizzi or whether it's Garrett Richards, you're still a wild card competing team. You're not a division winner. You're not penciled in for the ALCS. You are competing for the wild card. You're hanging around 80 to 83 wins. So at the end of the day, let Houston spend the money. If it works out, okay. Then, you know, we, we can go back and look at that then. But um, there's a chance that Garrett Richards pans out to be a better, you know, a better bargain at $10 million than Jake Odorizzi is at 15. I know, Charlie, I, I can see that. I can see the expression. Like it's, yeah, that's a, there's a small chance that Jake Odorizzi is not as good this year. If Garrett Richards figures it out, he's a better bargain at $5 million less. That's a, it's a high mark to shoot for, especially after the last two starts, but it could happen. So we'll see. Go, go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> Oh no, I'm just kidding. So uh, I, um, I mean, the Red Sox have done a great job of being incredibly efficient with with that spend. You know, very tough around dollars and whatnot. So uh, I, I don't know if that's if that's because of this new mindset, if that's what um, Heim Bloom was told he needed to do or what he wants to do. I don't know, but. Um, 
Jake Odorizzi for $15 million, I think is a slight overpay. I think it was Andrew. Somebody else said he was going to get like probably maybe $13 million. If the Red Sox end up getting him for, and Terry, I think, what, three years, right? We thought he was going to get about three years, 39, something like that. Yeah, I, I, that's what about I thought he would get. So two, two and 30 is what he's going to be getting, including incentives. We don't know what that base salary is. If he ends up getting 11 and a half a year, and we got Richards for 10, that one hurts. That one hurts a little bit. Why? Because Odorizzi's at least healthy. Not great. Like you mentioned, 3-4. He's not going to put up number one, number two numbers. His best career year was in 2019. 115 games, struck out 178 guys, uh, 159 innings pitched. Last year, rocked, destroyed. And 2020 was just a crappy year in general. And 2019 could have potentially been even better for him if the home run ball wasn't the home run ball. Maybe he ends up winning 17 games, maybe 18 games. Who knows? We don't know. Um, that 16 number that he allowed, maybe it's 12, maybe 13. We don't know. Um, good for him for getting signed. Uh, my question to both of you is, was Houston a better team than the Red Sox prior to signing Odorizzi? Yes. Yes, they were. Yeah. So now they've gotten better. The Red Sox aren't going to be a wild card team. They'll be hoping to be a wild card team because this is with the assumption that all, all of the, you know, ducks get lined up in a nice row and we just get smooth sailing with like perfect matchups and everything. That's not going to happen. Every year there's a team that ends up cracking, cracking out a couple of players that are going to do well. Are we expecting Garrett Richards to win 15 games this year? No. I think Odorizzi is going to win more games than Garrett Richards. I think Odorizzi will start more games than Garrett Richards. I think Corey Kluber will both start and win more games than Garrett Richards. There's a reason why Richards was paid the least amount out of the three. My issue is that he got paid as much as he did. Because you don't know what you're getting. You can say, oh yeah, he's healthy now. Now, but how many years did it take for him to get healthy? Slash make bad decisions on not getting surgery. And then, oh yeah, now he needs surgery. You know, we're, we're dealing with this crap again. It, it, it's it's tough. It's really hard. Good for him for getting the signing. $30 million including incentives. I'm very curious to see what the salary is. I'd love to know what the incentives were. That's it. The thing, like I said a few minutes ago, I look at Jake Odorizzi as a guy who's going to give us stability. And you've got Erod in there. Like I said, you've got Perez that's going to eat innings. You're going to get at least a few okay muds from Ivaldi. And if you have Odorizzi in there, I think that gives us the best shot to kind of keep our heads above water until we get to Chris Sale. Because right now, we we might drown before we get to Chris Sale and just not be competitive anyway. Um, right, but we didn't get we didn't get Odorizzi. No, I that's what I mean. That I I think yeah. I thought Odorizzi would yeah. give us the best shot, you know, to to get to Sale. Now, here's another thing. This is another reason why the, the salary doesn't bother me for Jake Odorizzi. You're going to potentially have Eduardo Rodriguez and Martin Perez come off the books this year. So next year, it doesn't – the $15 million is is far less consequential. And I think they're going to spend money. We're under the luxury tax this year. We were under it last year, so – we can go over it, 
you know, two years in a row before we, we start incurring penalties. So that's not going to happen until at least 2022, 2023. So I think that contract does fit the short term, uh, you know, transition period that we're going through. Here's another thing, and this is what irritates me so much about the Garrett Richards signing, is that we're under the luxury tax. We had $40 million to spend, and we got to the luxury tax. And we're still potentially going to miss the playoffs. I mean, even if we're 85 wins, that doesn't really get us, necessarily get us in. Maybe we eke into that fifth spot, but... So it's frustrating because we had the resources to be better, and this is what we chose. And, and that's that's been the point of my frustration for the last six weeks or so. But it's been like this. It was like this last year. We didn't want to spend the money. So if you don't spend the money, you're not going to win. That's just as, as simple as it gets. Like, this is not money ball baseball in Boston. It does not work. Well, I you th- have... I think we could have been better, though, with the money we spent. I think we could have spent it more wisely and been more competitive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agree. No question. I mean, we were just throwing money. Okay, a couple million for you, a couple million for you. And it was just like wasting money, not investing it, wasting it. And this is the second year where I don't see an investment in Garrett Richards. I see you paying a player to pitch maybe – but there's no there's no investment. I don't blame the rumors of hearing your stars wanting to potentially leave. I don't I don't blame them because are the Red Sox going to be a competitive team this year? No. Are they going to be the best team in the AL? It's absolutely not. I, it'd be a miracle to see them in the playoffs. I'd be the first one to say, "Wow, I'm shocked. I'm actually impressed. I'm incredibly thankful." But was not expecting this at all. You know, like. By the end of May, I think we're we're going to be sitting here like, well, how many weeks until 2022? I think there's a good chance that could happen. There's a very good chance that could happen. Because all it takes is one of those starters to not be doing well and another one of those starters to get injured. And you have 2021 being 2022.0 in yet another manner. So that, okay. So there's two things. First of all, I don't. I disagree with the notion that they won't be competitive at all because I think the American League blows. I think the American League as a whole really blows. It's the Yankees. It's the Astros. It's, you know, Tampa will be in the mix. Toronto. Chicago's good. Chicago, sure, but they hate their manager, so that'll be fun. Terry Um, Francona will be there next. Watch. Okay, maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, maybe. Ter- Terry Francona is not in exactly in a great spot right now either. No. Uh, Cleveland's a joke. That that whole AL Central, the Twins, the Twins will be good, but we all know what they do in the playoffs. They're going to choke. Oakland is Oakland. They're going to win their 80 games and then, you know, lose a wild card game as they always do. Texas is a joke. Seattle's a joke. Uh, Kansas City's a joke. Andrew Benintendi's not going to win the MVP. Sorry, Section 10. He sucks. Um, Baltimore sucks. Um, you know, it's it, the Red Sox will, they'll contend because the American league just blows. It, they, they will contend. And the other, the other thing is if, if you're annoyed about how they're spending the money and okay, they're under the luxury tax, but they're not spending money the right way. Look at what the Dodgers are doing. This is where it's fair to point the, the finger at Red Sox ownership and go, 
why are you so afraid to go over the luxury tax? Because the Dodgers don't care. The Dodgers blew past the luxury tax by a mile. They're like, whatever. <laughs> Give us all the talent. We're going to win three World Series in five years. We'll worry about the luxury tax punishments when they come. Because it's L.A., it's a huge market. They make a ton of money, and they'll be fine. So are the Red Sox not making that much money? Is that the worst-kept secret in Boston, that the Red Sox as a franchise actually aren't making money? Because you would think that in Boston, one of the biggest markets in sports, that the Red Sox would be okay and that the John Henry ownership group wouldn't care about going over the luxury tax because they go, eh, we'll make it up. No problem. You know, if, if this was the NFL and it was the Patriots, they wouldn't care. They'd blow right by it. They'd be like, ah, whatever. We'll be fine. So to me, it's it's fair to look at ownership and go, what's going on? What's going on with the Red Sox? Why are you so afraid of going over the luxury tax when the Dodgers have no problem doing it? The Yankees are going to do it soon. The Yankees, they haven't done it for a while, but they will do it soon. So there's a big difference between going over the luxury tax a little bit and there's the Yankees who went over it a little bit more. And then you have, you know, 20 feet of, you know, just wishy-washy, whatever. And then you have the Dodgers. The Dodgers haven't just gone over it a little bit or a lot of it. They've blown it out of the water. I mean, you could probably put a whole another team's payroll in between where the threshold is, where the Dodgers are. That's how high up they are. There's a reason the Dodgers are going to win not one. It's going to be like LeBron. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Yeah, you literally have bought all of the best talent. The difference between the Dodgers going over the threshold and the Red Sox trying to go over the threshold is if the Red Sox still do it, they're still right now on the books with dead money. You're still paying David Price. You're going to be paying a bunch of these other players that are not doing anything. All of the Dodgers that are getting paid right now are performing. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Just for the record, the Dodgers are at $245 million right now. So that's 35 over the tax, which is significant. That's a, that's a sizable number. But name one bad contract on the Dodgers. <laughs> you can't. I mean, I, okay. I'll wait. I'll wait. No, honestly, I, I'll be the a-hole says it. I think Mookie's a bad contract. I said it when uh, he signed it, but yeah, the, I'm one of the few that's I'm, I'm one of the few that thinks that if they're going to regret it. They will. They will. Yeah, I was a huge, I was a huge anti Mookie guy as far as giving him a massive deal in in, uh, in Boston, and I'm going to be like that for everyone. There, there's nobody you cannot sell me that. A three hundred million dollar contract for a position player is good, even with Tatis. And I, I know he's younger than Mookie, but there's still there's still better ways to balance out that money to make yourselves good. Now, would I would I spend two to three hundred on a starting pitcher who's going to be a stud for the next seven or eight years? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I would do that deal for for a starting pitcher. I would have given that deal to Cole, quite frankly, if we were, if the team was in better shape to, you know, justify a signing like that. And the Yankees were not, and in, in good enough shape to to bring in Cole, because they're just lucky. The rest of the division right now is unstable because that that Yankees team, yeah, maybe they go to the World Series, but are they the Dodgers? No, <laughs> the Dodgers are way stacked all the way through. In, in every aspect, and 
And typically when a team does exceed the luxury tax like the Dodgers have, there's at least two bad contracts on the books. We saw it with the Red Sox. I mean, we were still paying Pablo and Hanley, and, and Pedroia was done at that point. And uh, I'm sure there was at least another deal on there that, that wasn't good. And with the Yankees now, the Stanton contract is terrible. And I don't know. The Ellsbury money's off. So, um, but, you know, the Hicks deal, well, and, that's not massive, and, but it's and, terrible. And let's be honest, eventually it's going to be a bad Aaron Judge contract because they don't have the balls to trade him. It so is. They're, they're going to sign him to some stupid deal, yeah. He might not play 100 games this year because I think we're finding out now that dudes that are 6'7", six, 6'8", six, are just not going to hold up. And and that's unfortunate because, you know, they're really impressive to watch, but but that's going to be a terrible deal. The fact that, that the Yankees could not non-tender Gary Sanchez – Tells me everything. <laughs> like Cashman has attachment issues, and he's petrified of optics, and he's not going to make an unpopular move in New York. He made that. He said that famous line, "Oh, I got to walk around and live with these people," you know. So I just, I don't know. The Dodgers have done it the right way, and somebody just in the past week said Bloom is trying to build, you know, the Dodgers East. You know, and and maybe he is, but I think we're at least a few years away from that. I, I know in our little private group chat there was some disagreement on that, but I don't see it happening next year. <laughs> I so no. If if you if you look at Andrew Andrew Benintendi two point eight million, Dustin Pedroia twelve point one two five, David Price at sixteen, we're already at thirty one million. That hasn't included, uh, you know, I think Adam Ottavino, uh, there's a portion being paid by the Yankees. You're looking at $30 million on players that aren't even playing in Boston. Yeah. $30 million. Find $10 million in L.A. of useless money. Find five. You can't. And that's why the Red Sox are behind everybody else. But I again, I would argue that David Price wouldn't have been traded if the Red Sox were weren't so afraid of going over the tax. Because if if they weren't, they would have paid Mookie too. They would he have didn't given want to Mookie be in Boston. Bag. Neither one of them wanted to be in Boston. You could if, have given him three hundred fifty million. He still wasn't going to sign it. David he Price wanted. David Price didn't want to be in Boston either, and they agreed. offered ten million more than the Cardinals, and he came here. Same with Mookie. <laughs> Mookie didn't really. I I agree. I don't think Mookie wanted to be here. But if the Red Sox went over the, the top. The money always talks. He would have stayed. They just didn't. They didn't want to pay him. And look, I again, I'm not criticizing them for not giving Mookie a stupid contract because at the end of the day, I was glad to see him go. As much as Red Sox fans hate to hear that, like I wouldn't have given him that. Twelve three sixty five. That's yeah, insane. No, no, thank you. That's insane. No, go ahead. Let someone else give him that contract. Like no yeah. problem. But again, it you know we can lament who the Red Sox didn't pay, but they chose to go this route. It, no one was forcing them. No one forced the Dodgers to stay under the luxury tax, and they went over it. And they won, won a World Series, and they're probably going to win another one. So they'll win another one or two minimum. Yeah, with that yeah. team. Yeah, assuming gonna, power comes back. Yeah, they'll win the next two. They're going to rule baseball for the next two to three years, unless yeah. someone, unless something catastrophic happens. Do you know? Do you know who actually loses the most 
in baseball? Who's that? The Padres. The Padres. They went out and got all of these cool toys. Like, ooh, look at my nice Corvette. Ooh, look at my new Ferrari. And the Dodgers are like, oh, but we have 12. Oh, crap. (laughs) Well, we just basically, not completely, because the Padres were able to make their moves in a sly way. You know, they didn't give up any of their top chips, which was great for them because they're going to continue to be able to bring up their players whenever they want to. They already have the face of the franchise. I expect them to make Mookie the face of L.A. for the next, obviously, 10 years. Because if you don't, you screwed the pooch on that one. Uh, it's it's going to be him. I think it's going to be Bellinger. I don't think Seager stays. I think he goes. Turner eventually will be gone. Um, Kershaw is gone. Bauer will not stay. It'll be just those two guys in L.A. And I think you're going to see a little bit of a switch. L.A. used to be a superb pitching team with a couple of good hitters. Now they're great at pitching, great at hitting. In a couple of years, it's going to be great at hitting, maybe good at pitching unless things start to work out. Kershaw's old. He's going to retire. Walker Bueller, he's going to be there for a little bit. Bauer is probably going to leave. Um, K- Janley Kenson is, is going to be out soon. Joe Kelly, we don't know how long he's going to last. They just got another. Uh, Julio Urias is there. What was the name of the reliever they just signed? Uh, they got the closer. They just gave him two years. Blake Trainin. Trainin, yeah. Trainin's yeah. Blake Trainin is thirty-three years old. So the tide will shift. LA is all in right now because they recognize in five years LA is not going to be LA. It's going to be Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and friends. Yeah, but they've also got Dustin May to add to that equation. He's he's going to be there a while. And again, it's they're always going to get the free agents. That's that's going to be the real advantage they that they have. They're, any free agent's going to go. You know what? I could go to, you know, Chicago, or I could go to Cincinnati, who's offering me a lot of money, or I could go to L.A. and win like tomorrow, and yeah. you know, and get a World Series ring in a heartbeat. And to give, you, you brought up a life. great point. You brought so, up a really great point. Dustin May, twenty-three years old. Uh, Julio Urias is twenty-four. That yeah, Gonzalez kid too could be a you know, yeah. maybe Gons- a, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And Gratterall, if he ends up turning out to be a stud, dude, he's 22. Gratterall might be their next Kenley Jansen. Yeah, I probably will so, be. Probably yeah. will. I mean, I think uh, Gratterall is two years out from being the closer full time because that's why you brought Trainin in there. Trainin's going to be your backup, your eighth inning guy this year. Uh, next year, if Jensen doesn't sign, which I don't think he will, he becomes the closer. Gratterall assumes the hold position. And in 2023, Three, that is when Gratall becomes a full-time closer. It could, you know, and Bauer will be back next year if there is a season because that's like the most expensive year of his deal, which is what, 45 million, something ridiculous. 45 million. Yeah. So he's not going to opt out until he gets paid on that year. But um, the interesting thing about the Dodgers here is, you don't really see them trading from their farm. I know they had the Maeda deal, which brought in Gratterall, but but they don't make a ton of trades. They do a lot of signings, and they maintain their farm. So I think three or four years from now, they're going to have studs that we're not talking about that are just going to come up through their system, and they're going to replenish guys that way. 
And Kershaw's, I think, what, 34 years old, something like that. He's going to continue to take one or two year deals, I think, and just be content with that. So he'll stay for as long as he's he's relevant. I, I don't know if he's going to yeah. be. He either does that or he, or he does the Bumgarner route where he thinks that he's he still has a lot left in him and he takes some stupid three or four year deal from some small market team that's just desperate to get a name in there. And he goes somewhere else, but yeah, it's hard I, to tell. I think he'll he'll take the Dodgers. I mean, Verlander's a little older, but he signed a, a two year deal at, at age thirty six, and as long as the 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 average annual value is high, I, I think he'll just be content to stay. But and and I could be wrong. Maybe you know the Padres are just up the street, and if <laughs> they want to, you know, <laughs> get a little creative, then maybe it could happen. The Padres are the opposite. They do nothing but trades and don't really sign a ton of guys. I know they got Machado. Um, was there anyone in the rotation? Clevenger was a trade. Darvish was a trade. Snell was a trade. So they're all about trading. Yeah. Yeah. Paddock was a – I think Paddock is homegrown, is he not? I Chris think he Paddock? is. Yeah, yeah. Paddock, is. I believe, is, yeah. And uh, D- Denilson uh, Lamette. Nelson yep. is also homegrown. So I, I'm with Terry on that one. They've done a lot more of, of trading to get the pieces. Not to say it's completely not homegrown. It's it's not like the argument of like trading for a prospect and saying he's homegrown, like the Yankees saying with Fiber Torres. Yeah, he's a minor, he's a prospect. Dude, no. He he was on the Cubs and you guys got him via trade. He was not your prospect. You did not groom this man. Sorry. Uh <laughs> Final topic before we do wrap, uh, Red Sox prospect Brian Mata has a slight tear of his UCL. Alex Cora said that doctors feel they could just treat it where it's a small enough tear and that he will not need Tommy John. How often does that work out? Almost never. <laughs> What's less than zero? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, this is a great. This is great. Let's turn one of our best prospects into Masahiro Tanaka, whose elbow is about to explode at any moment. That's a great idea. Yeah. Just get it done. Just get it done. It Just do the, yeah. It's so stupid. Just do like, the surgery. Yeah. If Chris Sale would have had Tommy John when he was supposed to in late 2019, he's your opening day starter. And and yeah. we're having a much yes. different conversation right now. So yeah, this I, I don't understand this idea of well, it's it's not as bad as you might think. So let's just shut him down for God knows how long, where he doesn't get to face live batting. Uh and you know, let's hope that he rests his arm, doesn't do anything stupid in the meantime, which he won't. Um, and then let's get him out there doing small bullpen sessions. Like it's the whole ramp up process, the ramp down and ramp up process of this is gonna take so long anyway. Just do the surgery. Do the surgery. He's going to be out a year. He's a young kid. A lot of guys tell you that they come back from Tommy John, they feel stronger, and they feel more confident in their arm. So just get it done. Like, obviously, you can't force someone into surgery, but if he's got a tear in there anyway, then just go and do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the, he's, he's just a shade shy of 22 years old. Shut him down now. Get it done. Be ready by the time he's... 23 uh instead of 24 because if it's anything close to what we experienced with chris sale 
uh, you're looking at a year and a half of recovery time because it's the, all right, cool. We'll just try it the old fashioned way and we're not going to have surgery. And then six months later, oh, we need to have surgery. It's just, you're postponing the inevitable by waiting. Just get it done. The socks aren't going anywhere this year. Get it done. Be ready by 2022. I mean, you don't, you don't need Brian Mata anytime soon. You need, exactly, Brian, just get it you done. need Brian Mata in two or three years. So exactly. Get it done. You got plenty of time. Get it done. Yeah. He was possibly a guy that they could look at in the second half if we were competitive enough. And his role is kind of open to interpretation. I know Andrew seems to feel like he's definitely going to be more suited for the bullpen. But it seems like the the talk amongst the beat writers is maybe he's still expected to be a starter. So I don't know which way to go, but we still have Hauk who's healthy. Connor Siebold has pitched one inning so far, but he's a prospect that everyone's high on. So we do have, uh, you know, enough depth in the double A, triple A levels to possibly play a role this year. If, if we are competitive. Uh, but I guess that's about all I have. Uh, any uh, anything else come to mind before we wrap? Uh not much on my end. I I I want to see more of Garrett Whitlock. I've been I've been high on Garrett Whitlock ever since they took him in the Rule Five. I think this is a guy who could end up in the rotation at some point, um, whether due to injury or just because he keeps shining so much in spring training. But I like his stuff. I think he's a guy that the Yankees screwed up with because he was a starter in their system. They, tr- you know, he had one bad year. They tried to turn him into a reliever. It kind of went backwards from there. Um, I think he's happy to be in a new place where the Red Sox are legitimately just looking at him, going, "Let's see what you got. Show us what you got, and we'll find a spot for you." Um, you take a guy in the Rule Fry draft, you're basically telling him, unless you completely suck, you're going to be on the 25 man roster. So. He's got a great opportunity here. He's got good stuff. I I think that could be one of the steals of the offseason. So I want to see more of him. I'm excited to see what he does for the rest of the month. I'm just excited to see what Garrett Richards does in his third start. I mean, <laughs> can't possibly be worse, you know. But more more to your point with Garrett Whitlock, you're right. Uh, I, I, I forgot about him. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it'd be kind of a nice kind of comeback story in a sense because he's 25. Yeah. So, I mean, he really hasn't he hasn't had the chance yet. So maybe he turns it around, flips, you know, maybe he does something nice. That'd be that'd be a nice little Cinderella story. You know, like last year, the Red Sox had uh, Tanner Houck, who went three and zero in three starts and had like a point five ERA. It was something stupid. Uh, he struck out ten guys, I think, in his last start, um, and that was fun. So maybe Garrett Whitlock turns into Tanner Houck of twenty twenty. That'd be kind of cool. So I'm down for that. The strikeouts have been there in his uh, two or three yeah. appearances, yeah. so uh, I'm yeah. I'm curious to to see more of him. So we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out. You got Ottavino and you got Whitlock. So if the Yankees are getting killed in their bullpen, you know, I'm just gonna laugh. <laughs> we got two of your guys. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you gave them away for free, basically. <laughs> pretty so, much. Pretty yeah. much. So, yeah, so we'll see how that works. All right, for the listening audience, we'll probably be back Wednesday or Thursday to discuss other developments, stuff we've seen on the field. I think Evaldi 
uh, is going to make a start here pretty quick. Maybe uh, Rodriguez will have his second start. So we'll be back to cover all of that. Take care.